We are mighty blessed, and I tell you, it does our hearts good to be reminded. And we rejoice every time we hear somebody say, I'm blessed, because we are mighty blessed. Psalm 96, the ninth verse, it says this, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What does that mean? That's what I want to preach on this morning, and when we leave, I want us to be able to say, I know how to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the good singing this morning. Lord, I have enjoyed the hymns that have lifted up who you are and what you've done and what you do for us. And now, Lord, as we come to the preaching of your word, we find instruction on how we should think and how we should behave. Sometimes we find instruction that we wonder exactly how do I do that. And with a heart of desire to please you, to worship and praise you as you desire, uh, Lord, we look to uh, the message and the truth of it this morning to help us fulfill what this means. And I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, help me as I preach. I pray that you would uh, use me as a tool, as an instrument in your hand, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. This phrase, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, is found four times in the Bible. The first time in First Chronicles, the second time in Second Chronicles, and then Psalm 29 and Psalm 96. It is surrounded by similar but different words each time. For example, the Bible says, in 1 Chronicles 16, 29, Given to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. 2 Chronicles says it like this in chapter 20 and verse number 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm number 29, the Bible says in verse 2, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Then our text passage this morning. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Let's begin by looking at the definition of the words so we can have the proper behavior and worship him as he deserves. First of all, what does the word worship mean? We get different pictures and ideas in our minds when we think about the word worship. But the word worship basically means to give a sacrifice or to give an offering. Uh, Abraham said to the men, his servants that had gone with he and his son Isaac, as God had called him to sacrifice his son on the altar, uh, on an altar at Mount Moriah, he said to his servants, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. There he was referring to a sacrifice. And anytime you find worship, you'll find close to that giving or sacrifice or offering. So worship means to sacrifice. It would mean to sacrifice or to give our time to him. 
That's why coming to church this morning, you decided I'm going to get ready and I'm going to go to church. We will enjoy seeing one another, the fellowship and all of that. But the real purpose of all of us being here is to give our time to God. We recognize that God is the great God who is the Savior and the provider in our life. Sacrifice means to give time. It means to give our attention. It means to give a gift to Him. Now, this is not always necessarily public worship, but it's worship of any kind. By the way, your worship should not just be in church. He's worthy of our worship on Monday like he is on Sunday. But we come to church on Sunday to begin our week as he has directed us to. Uh, Paul said this in Romans 12, verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So each day we worship him by doing his will for our lives. That's what the word worship means, to give our attention, to give our time, to give a gift, to recognize God and who he is. Second of all, I want you to look at the word holiness. The Bible says, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Uh, the word holy or holiness is connected to the word whole, W-H-O-L-E, or it means to be complete, or it means to be perfect. Uh, when you purchase something in a container and you can see the content or feel the content, uh, you want to make sure you get your money's worth. And so if you pick up two containers, uh, one is half full and the other is full, uh, you take the one that's full, right? And uh, so that means it's complete. The word holy is connected to the word whole or complete or perfect. I'll say it like this. Holiness means to be pure. It means to be free from impurities. Something that is unholy is incomplete. It is not full. It is impure. So holiness means to be perfect or complete. And so he says, worship the Lord. Worship means to give our time, to give our attention. Our attention is given to him. As we sang the songs this morning, they reminded us of who he is. They reminded us of what he has done, of what he is doing in heaven for us now, what he is going to do for us in eternity. So those songs brought our attention to him. So we worship him by giving our attention. The Bible says, in the, uh, worship him in the beauty of holiness. Holiness means that God is complete. Uh, it means he is pure. It means he is perfect. Now, the word beauty. The word beauty means attractive. It is the opposite of repulsive. Uh, there is beauty in holiness, or there is beauty in perfection. There is attractiveness. Uh, there is an attraction to his holiness. How wonderful, how terrible in a good way. How wonderful our God is. So beauty means that I am attracted to what is beautiful. Now what's beautiful here is God's holiness, his completeness, his pureness, 
His perfection. So we conclude, all that God is, all that God does, is perfect, is whole, is complete, is pure. So He is beautiful in His perfection. He is attractive in His perfection. Are you with me this morning? Now, to worship God in the beauty of holiness. His person is holy. Uh, he is God in the flesh. His, uh, Jesus is God in the flesh. His love is holy. In other words, His love is perfect. Our love sometimes fails. Our love sometimes disappoints. Our love sometimes is incomplete. It's easy to love those that love us. It's easy to love those that are in our family. But our love is not like God's love. His love is not limited. His love is never impure. So God is holy in His love. Are you with me? His justice is holy. God is always right. His justice is perfect. His justice is complete. God's character is holy. God's character is whole. Uh, many of us, we have characteristics that are good. And we have characteristics that are very good. Then we have characteristics, perhaps, that are weak. Uh, maybe our characteristic that's weak is our memory. We don't remember well. Uh, or we forget. Uh, we get a grocery list with 10 things on it. We bring 12 back, but only two of the things that was on the list of 10 things. Our, 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 we remember we're hungry, uh, but we don't remember what we're sent to the store for. Uh, sometimes uh, we have different characteristics that are not perfect. Every characteristic of God is complete. It is the example. It is the standard. He is perfect in his character. His vengeance is holy. His vengeance is holy. He said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. I don't worry about his vengeance. We worry about the vengeance of an angry person. Uh, they do more than get even. Uh, they intend to hurt, to satisfy self, rather than to satisfy the wrong. So God is holy in his vengeance. That means his, his vengeance is whole. It is pure. It is perfect. His judgments are holy. Every judgment of God is right, is perfect, is pure. There is nothing impure about God. In fact, God is so holy, I am attracted to or I recognize the beauty of His holiness. So, He says, worship God in the beauty of holiness. Worship means I give attention to, I give my time to, I give an offering, an expression of praise to God in the attraction, in the beauty of His perfection, purity, and holiness. Let me give you a couple of simple illustrations. We like things that are pure. We like things that are right, things that are complete. Let me ask you a question. Does it bother you if you see a picture that's not straight? A picture hanging on the wall that is crooked? 
How many of you have ever straightened a picture that's not in your house? But you were in another building, another place, and you saw a picture that wasn't straight. And it bothered you. And you may have looked around to see if anybody was in the motel lobby but you, and nobody was, and so you went over and you just inched it up a little bit. How many of you are with me? You know what I'm talking about. What did you do then? You stepped back and you looked at it and you admired it in the beauty of its straightness, the beauty of its holiness. We admire things that are right. Occasionally I'll see a, a, a picture in our house that's uh, crooked and I'll straighten it and my wife will come by and she'll think it's not straight and so she'll straighten it. I think it's a quarter of inch off the other direction and so I'll move it back. She goes back through and she moves it back again. And, 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 and we just, that's just the way our nature is. I'm glad I don't have a God that I'm worried about or concerned about in any way. In fact, His holiness is so pure, it is attractive, and I worship Him. I give my time, I give my attention to His holiness. How many of you, when you pick up a coffee cup, when you got a coffee cup this morning, you always look inside the cup to make sure it's clean? You ever do that? I do. How many of you always blow it out, make sure nothing in it? How many of you, when you go to a restaurant, because you have picked up a fork or a spoon before that was dirty, you have a habit now of wiping off the utensils every time? Huh? You know why? We like things that are clean. We like things that are pure. We like things that are full. I've I've seen uh, bottles of uh, Coke or uh, some kind of food uh, in the refrigerator and you see a part of it is gone. Uh, You don't drink from a water bottle that is uh, an inch short because somebody else drunk from that. You don't want to get their germs so you get one that's full. We are attracted to those things that are clean, that are pure, that are right, that are just. There are some sites that are just beautiful to behold, and you can just stand and look at them in awe. Hadn't it been beautiful to just look at the beauty of the trees in their fall colors? Uh, Mountains that are covered with trees in the fall of the year. I mean, it's just something you just can't take it all in. Or to look at the ocean and the peacefulness of the waves that come in and they just over and over and to see the vastness and, 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 and uh, how large the ocean is and you're just in awe of how big and how perfect it is. I want to say today, thank God we come to church and while we are not perfect and while our church is far from perfect, we worship a God and we praise a God and we recognize a God. He is so beautiful. He is so attractive because He is holy. He is pure. He's complete. He's all I need. He's everything I need. But thanks be to God uh, which giveth us the victory. The Bible says He is complete and we worship him in holiness. 
His person is holy. His love is holy. You can't add anything to his love. It's already perfect. You can't change anything about his justice. He's already just. You can't add anything to his character because he is perfect in his character. You can't change his vengeance or his judgments to make them right or to make them straight for they're already perfect. They're holy. We give our time. We give our attention to the beauty of his holiness. Some today are facing things in their life they don't understand. And we wonder and our attention goes to God. Have you noticed those that are even angry about something, they're angry at God. You know why? He's perfect. You know why the, when the heathen curse the name of God? Because they recognize it as the greatest, highest, holy name in the world. Even the heathen, in their vulgarity, recognize that God is perfect. God is holy. Now, there are some who face difficulty and things that they don't understand. Word came yesterday morning. In fact, the first email I read yesterday morning was about a young man that we had prayed for in his 30s. He had a tumor on his spine. They attempted to remove it. They could not remove it all. He was paralyzed, and after a few months, he died. I don't understand that. But I'm still here to worship God and the beauty of his holiness. While I don't understand, he's still a perfect God. This week as I prepared sermons for today, a preacher friend of mine in Richmond, Virginia was preparing not just a sermon for this morning, he was preparing the eulogy for his wife. He'll give the eulogy for his wife in her funeral on Tuesday. And yet he is in church this morning. You know why? He worships a God that's so beautiful because he's perfect. I don't understand God all the time, but I know God is always right. Word came of a sudden sickness of a dear faithful Christian man, a servant of God. Word came this week of a preacher friend of mine right at 50 years old, Brother James West, who died either Friday or Saturday, Friday night or Saturday. His family is in church this morning. Why? Because we worship a God that is holy. He's perfect. He's complete. He's pure. I don't understand him, but he always does right. I don't understand how he does and why he does what he does, but I'm here today to worship that God because he's beautiful, he's amazing, he is attractive. I can't help but to think how great he is and I worship him in the beauty of holiness. We sometimes wonder why God does what he does. Satan takes the things we don't understand and he tries to get us to be angry at God and show hatred toward God about these things. But we must accept that God sees and God knows what I cannot see, what I do not know. He sees further than I can see. And God is in control. 
And while I don't understand nor can I explain everything, I worship him in the beauty of his holiness. His perfect or his person is holy. His love is holy. His justice is holy. His character is holy. His vengeance is holy. His judgments are holy. They're complete. They're pure. They're always right. My purpose this morning is to say to you that while there may be a hurt, while there may be a question, while there may be a a disappointment in your life, don't be angry at God. Worship God in the beauty of his holiness. A widow sits in church today whose husband was taken early in life. And yet she's here today to worship God because of the beauty of his perfect and pure holiness. Teenagers are in church today without a father, some without a mother. A father or mother has been taken in death or sickness at an early age. And yet those teenagers are here today and they worship God in the beauty of his holiness. Abraham journeyed with Isaac. Why was he going to Mount Moriah? He was going to offer his son, the son that they had waited for so long. And God had fulfilled his promise in in a miraculous way at an impossible time in his life and in the life of Sarah. And he was going to that mountain to sacrifice that son, his only son that God had given him. He was going to sacrifice him. But he said, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Abraham, how can you worship a God who asked you to give a son that you had waited for for so long? He would say, because my God is always right. He's always just. He's holy. He's clean. He's pure. He's never impure. He's never incomplete. He's always right. I don't understand it all, but I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And my, what a wonderful thing. As he goes to make that sacrifice of his son, he binds his son. He places him on the altar. He takes the knife and he raises it. And he hears God say, Abraham, Abraham. Ah, dear friend, he had Abraham's attention. And God was saying, I don't want your son. I want to know if I still have you. I want to know if you still worship me in the beauty of holiness. I want to know if you still believe that I'm holy, I'm pure, I'm right. And you know the story. There was a ram that was caught in the thicket. Ah, dear friend, that wasn't coincidence. That wasn't odd. That was God. He put that ram there and he died as a sacrifice in the place of his son. Let me ask you this morning. Are you able in a time of difficulty, in a time when something has happened that you don't understand God, that you say, I still worship him in the beauty of holiness because while I don't understand, I believe my God is always right. See Job as he sits in the ash heap of the city dump. He's lost his children He's lost his servants. He's lost his wealth. The animals have been killed. Job goes from being a successful, respected judge, a man of wealth, to a man that folks are trying to figure out 
what secret sin Job has committed that God has brought such judgment on him. His friends were wrong. His friends said, there is a sin in your life. That's why God did this. I hear Job and he says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. The Lord gave. The Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. While I don't understand, I still worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Other things that call themselves God or that call themselves comfort. They can't give comfort. They can't give peace. But my God can give peace in the midst of the storm. My God can give comfort in the midst of the pain. Let's join Job this morning and worship him in the beauty of holiness. John, because of his testimony for Christ, not wanting to hear him speak about Christ anymore, John is exiled on the island of Patmos. There is no one on the island to preach to. There is no one there to fellowship with. John has been placed on an island as prisoners that had committed horrendous crimes and they wanted to punish had been placed there for him to starve to death, for him to die a lonely and a fearful death. John, what about your God now? What about your God, John? He's forgotten you. That's not, what John, that's not what John said. The Bible says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You know what Job said? I'm still going to worship God in the beauty of his holiness. While the world don't believe it, I believe he's holy. I believe he's right. I believe he's just. I believe he's pure. I believe he's fair. Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that God is anything less than perfect. And ah, oh, dear friend, as he worshiped God on the island of Patmos in the beauty of holiness, God spoke to him and he heard a voice behind him as of a trumpet and he gave to him the book of the Revelation that we see in our Bibles today. I say today, worship God, praise God, sing praises to God, tell him thank you, tell him what a wonderful God he is. You say, but preacher, I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a difficulty. I carry a heartache this morning. There's a confusing question in my mind about God that may be true. But when you look at his character, you'll find it's perfect. When you see his love, you'll find it's pure. When you look at his behavior, you'll find that it's holy. Worship God in the beauty of holiness. Stephen, that wonderful deacon, that preacher of the gospel, Stephen, he preached with such conviction and power that they picked up the martyr stones and in hatred they began to hurl those at Stephen to take his life. They laid his clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul of Tarshish. Stephen is not filled with anger. And I'll be honest, I don't completely understand it other than to believe that God gives grace for whatever trial that I face. And I believe that God gave to, Stephen's, um, gave to Stephen a martyr's grace. And Stephen looking into heaven, he is saying, I'm still going to worship God in the beauty of holiness because I believe even though I'm being stoned that he's still holy, he's still just, and he's still right. 
Typically, when we read of the Lord Jesus in heaven, we see that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Ah, but Stephen, as he worshipped him, being stoned to death for his preaching of the gospel, he saw Jesus, but he was standing at the right hand of the Father, and great conviction came on Saul of Tarsus, and Stephen's life of preaching the gospel was multiplied a thousandfold, and the greatest soul-winning missionary the world has ever known, Saul of Tarsus, became Paul the missionary. While I may not see it now, while I may not understand in this life what God is doing, when I get to the other side, I'll look back and he'll explain it all and I'll see it all. But until I do, I worship him in the attractiveness and the beauty of his purity, his completeness. I worship him in the beauty of holiness. What an amazing thing when we praise God in the times that we don't understand him, that's when you see God responding in a miraculous way. Paul and Silas, they're in prison. They're in stocks and bonds. They're not wealthy. They're not on Wall Street. Their hands are tied. Their feet are tied in stocks. They can't touch or rub or nurse their wounds. There they are, beaten for preaching the gospel. The Bible says, and at midnight, they sang praises to God. You know what they were doing? They were worshiping him in the beauty of holiness. There's just something about God that's so attractive. There's just something about his love. There's something about his grace. There's something about his perfection, his purity, his pureness. And they praised him and they worshiped him. And God said, I'm going to visit those two. And the jail wasn't big enough for all three of them. Before long, all the prisoners were walking around. I say this morning, we don't understand it all. We don't know what all God is doing. One of the most frustrating things I hear is for folks to blame God for what sin and Satan has caused. But there are questions, things we don't understand. And so I say in closing these three things. While I don't always understand now, I will when I get to heaven. And the songwriter said when he wrote the song farther along, he said, cheer up my brother, live in the sunshine, we'll understand it all by and by. I say today, worship God, no matter our feelings, no matter how we feel, no matter the understandings of our mind, worship him because he is holy. And I want to say this morning, God does love you. When Satan says nobody loves you, he's a liar. God does love you. God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son, not for the good but for the bad. God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so today, as the Bible gives us instruction four times, we worship, we give our attention, we give our time, we give our little gifts, that in the wealth of God they mean nothing except they're from our hearts, they're from our praise, we give, we worship God in the beauty, the attractiveness of his perfection.
of his purity, of his holiness. Stand with me this morning. If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, you ought to trust him as Savior today. Don't you believe the devil that accuses God of wrong? God's never done wrong. He's always right. He's always right. He's a perfect and a wonderful God. I love the song that we sing that says, I serve a risen Savior. Of all those that claim to be a God, a Messiah, a Savior of the world, we have the only one that is a risen and a living Lord. I'm attracted to that. It's hard to take your attention, your eyes, of how wonderful and perfect God is. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless our invitation this morning. We live in a culture today, Lord, that's angry at you. Though men live in sin and rebellion, though men reject you or even claim that you don't exist, we worship you today. We know you're our creator. We know you're our friend. We know you're our savior. We know you're our father and our provider. And even in times that we hurt, in times that we're confused, in times we don't understand, we rejoice to worship a God that's perfect, that's holy. Lord, I pray for decisions that should be made this morning, decisions to trust you as Savior, to follow you in baptism, or to make things right with you, to rededicate a life to you. I pray that those decisions would be made this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As he sings invitations.